You're listening to the teaching ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church, a relevant biblical community. For more information, visit houstonsfirst.org. Good morning, Houston's First Baptist Church, and we also want to welcome Cypress, Sienna, and downtown digital family. Now, I just don't, don't feel like I'm a guest speaker here because, uh, you know, the reality is we're worshiping. You know, you're my brother and sister. So you got to put up with me today and in heaven. Come on. So... God is so good. He's so faithful to us. My name is Pastor Jaime Garcia. Thank you, Marcus, for those kind words and all your team. Um, pastor, lead pastor at Bethel Baptist Church here in the uh, heart of the inner city of Houston. I'm also the founder and president of Unique Student Ministries here in Houston, serving over 27 years, reaching out to the young people here of our city. And some of y'all, you were part of that, you know, you were part of that. Uh, so thank you so much uh, just for, for allowing us to be here. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about, about my family. I am so thankful for my family that God has given me with the greatest treasure. I believe family is such a great treasure. Look at, look at those. Man, they look good. You know, so my wife is holding Ethan, my grandson, you know, and I just want to say that to, to, to my bride, you know, we were high school sweethearts and, and we're going on 37 years of marriage. Can you believe that? Now, I don't know how that happened because I'm only 40 years old. But anyways, that's besides the point. Uh, but also my, my precious daughter, Ermi and Brianna. And uh, I used to, my son-in-laws, I used to call them the friend boys, you know. But now they're my sons, you know. So Richard and, and Will, I love you guys so much. Y'all are so good to my daughters and thank you. And of course, uh, uh, Ethan, my little man, he's right there. Ethan, say hello. There you go. He's, he's there. He's right there. And uh, that's Ethan Hunt, Mission Impossible. No, I'm kidding you. He's, he's great. I just, I just love him. Don't forget about Milo. He's giving me a little side view there. Milo, or uh, Will and Brianna's uh, son for now. Okay. So now, so thank you all, family, for your support. Uh, but also, I have a real special guest. I want my brother to stand. This is my brother you saw in the video. My brother David. Chidas right there, my brother David. And, uh, uh, you know... Uh, he means a lot. And you know the testimony, uh, 30 years in prison. And he came out. You know when he came out? When he was released on my birthday, August the 17th. Isn't that incredible? It's the best birthday present. Now he has the keys to the church. He serves there. He leaves there. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So it's, it's, just, it's just wonderful. And, it, and it's really exciting. We also have some other guests, Sulema, Maria, Myrna, and your friends. Thank you all for being here. Many others. But, man, we love you guys. We thank you for allowing us to be here uh, just tell you a little bit about our church and our community. Uh, our church is an English-speaking church, okay, uh, reaching out to second and third generation Hispanics, you know. You know what I'm talking about, the coconuts. They're brown on the outside, white on the inside, and they just can't get it together. As much as I've given them breakfast tacos, listen, Linda. But anyway, so that's how it is, but that's, that's life. But our church is, is fun. It's a great place to be. It also is a very hard neighborhood. If you've never been on Tibble and 45, just turn on the news, okay? And uh, we're right there in the mix of things. Uh, we have, have had vandalism uh, uh, because of that, flooded our, our, our building years back. Uh, somebody literally took a rock and, and, and threw it at the front doors, broke it, and left a note. This is for Pastor Hyman. I thought, well, thank you, man. I just needed a rock, you know? Uh, appreciate that, you know? But, but, but you're welcome anyways. And, and, uh, and then recently, we had a drive-by shooting. Uh, recently, a few months ago, my wife, uh, uh, I had decided to stay at the, at the church. I had COVID, and I wanted to kind of just keep her healthy. 
And while I was there at 5.30 in the morning, there were seven gunshots. The eighth one hit my truck that was parked in the very back, 38 caliber, okay? That's good news and bad news. The bad news is that's not good, but the good news is I haven't taken that bullet. I haven't repaired it because I'm a gangster pastor in the north side of Houston. Don't mess with me, okay? Orale, carnal, okay? So anyway, so uh, it's kind of fun. Uh, but but it's in, spite of, in spite of all that, you know, our, our church is very community-minded. And you guys have been very, very instrumental with that. Because without the resources and the support and the prayer, you know, we can't do this alone. Because we are one church. See, your church gets it, understands what it is to partner with someone. You know, you, you might remember the, the video that, that Mark was referring to, to you. Uh, and it was presented where you guys have so graciously partnered with us and generously gave us so much that you allowed us to do some major renovations. Now we have a state-of-the-art security system, security system, and we have already used this. Somebody came and, and, and stole the, 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 the drainage covers, you know, the steel, they used for, to get like 10 bucks, who knows, you know, but they, they, we had them on video, you know, keep an eye on you now, you know, and uh, so we, we're watching you, you know. Uh, but because of your giving, and you know, it reminds me of a scripture in Proverbs eleven twenty five. 25, the Bible says a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. My prayer is that the Lord will continue to refresh you as a church, as you, you cast vision with your pastor, Pastor Greg. And, and so thank you so much for your partnership in the city. Thank you so much. Amen. Come on. Thank you for your partnership. But watch this. Even with a guy like me, just to partner with me, to love on me, to say, Pastor, we're here for you. So let me tell you my relationship. Just go a little back, back, back uh, history. My relationship with Houston's First goes all the way back to your former pastor, Pastor Dr. John. Let me see how I go. Precious man. I just heard one of his sermons just for fun, and I was taking notes. You know, be like Jesus. I said, yes, sir. I said, and I was talking, yes, sir, yeah, in the video. And what, what a great man of God. And, and as he led your church, at that time, when I was about 20, 21, starting as a youth director, that's what we called him Baptist Church back then, at, uh, at Northside Baptist, I was there, and, 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 and he called me and my, and my pastor. And we came, we came upstairs to a studio, and they did a recording. And they, they were raising funds and support to help me as I reached to gang ministry. Because, see, my, my brother was causing the trouble at that time. See, he, that's, that's who he was back then. And uh, now he prays for people that are in trouble, you know. And, and so he was very instrumental in helping us. Then fast forward, what a precious man, leader, and friend, Pastor William Taylor. There was a missions pastor here. Amen. He is such a precious man. He supported me uh, at the beginning of Unique Student Ministries, back even when it was called Spamorama, you know. And also, he came and called me in and says, man, I want to make you a contract. I said, what do you mean, man? Look, just because I'm Hispanic, come on, bro, you know? And, and we laughed, we hugged. I said, yes, sir, whatever you need. And we did. We, we worked with Harvey Community for two and a half years. When you guys stopped and, and you needed to move all those things from the gym, y'all remember that? It was so full. That stuff was shifted to Bethel, ground zero, where nothing, hashtag nothing was normal. And the church went out into the communities. We didn't go out as Bethel. We didn't go out as Houston's We went out as the church because people don't need to know us. They need to know Jesus. Never remember one name. His name is Jesus because that's the name that gives them hope and changes lives. So we did that for two and a half years. And, but just recently, not too long ago, Pastor Clark calls me in his, in his office. And he said, I'll never forget. He said, Pastor Jaime, how are you doing? 
Wow, let me tell you my last story. No, uh, Pastor Clark, uh, man, well, you know, unique. No, no, I'm not here to talk about unique. We're going to support you with that ministry. How are you doing? How is your church? How is your property? Would you give us a list of things that could help you so that you could continue doing what you do as we take care of your property? And within a sentence, he said, never mind, you're not going to tell us. So what he said, I'll be there in two weeks. In two weeks, him and Karina were there observing, and now we have been blessed so much. So thank you so much for that. So pastors, we, we, we carry a lot of loads, a lot of responsibilities, and you guys are very instrumental as helping us as pastors so we can focus on the needs of the church. I want to thank specifically Pastor Greg for just trusting me today and giving me this opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. Now, I know what you're thinking. He's a Hispanic pastor. We're going to be here a long time. <laughs> well, maybe. So let me, let me ask you a question. Would you at least give me five minutes of your time? Would you raise your hand? Everybody, hands up if you'll, if you'll consider that. All right, 5, 10, 15, 20, 20. Thank you so much. You have just blessed me with a lot of time. So I don't know what that clock says, but it doesn't matter no more. Okay? Thank you. Well, last, last week, uh, Pastor Greg started this great sermon series, which I love, The Selfless Self. I love it. I think it was just so fitting. He uh, asked me to come in and, and cover part two. He spoke to you in part one last week, walking uh, to walk in unity. But this morning, as we continue, I entitled today's uh, message, Living Selfless for the Glory of God. Amen? And if you're excited, would you say Amen. Amen. And also, would you stand with me, if you can, as we read uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, just one verse. You'll stand with me in honor of God's words, if you're able to, if you're able, and we thank you. Thank you. Paul speaks here, and he says, so whether you eat, or whether you drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to preach into the souls that are here today. Thank you, Lord, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is what changes lives. And Lord, my prayer, Lord, is that you will be present here in a very personal way to every one of these that are here, from our children to our young people, our adults to our senior adults, Lord, at every campus, everyone that hears this message, Lord, that you will be glorified that you would be praised. Father, man has nothing to say, but God, you have everything to say. So we thank you in the name of Jesus. And the church said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. So now today that whatever or whatever you do, do it for the Lord. Glory God. Today that whatever includes living a selfless life that glorifies God. In Romans 15, get a little ahead here in verses 5 through 9, Paul is addressing the Roman Christians. That's who's listening. Some, some of them are Jews and some of them are Gentiles. They don't eat the same food. And they don't even drink the same drink. And there are conflicts in the church, very similar just like today in your church maybe and in my church. And, and he pleads with them, he's pleading with them to live in harmony, in harmony being united is one of the best, best attributes that a church can have, to be united. 
that's one of the things that I guard in our church, that, 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 that the first thing, the most important thing to us is that we are united. We are united in Christ. And Paul relates it to, as you will see now, to the glory of God. So now most Baptist preachers will have three points, right? I'm going to give you two. Is that good? We're going to do two points. So number one, if you're taking notes, welcome others like Christ for the glory of God. How many times have you heard the word welcome already since you got here? Greeters welcome you. Marcus welcome you. And I welcome you. But look at Romans chapter 15 there as we read in verses 5 through 7. And listen, listen, this is incredible. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ. So you, you see the importance of, of harmony and united. In verse 6, that together you may be what? One voice, one body, one church, okay, glorifying the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Now, how do you do that? What does welcoming for the glory of God look like? Well, I have to agree with John Piper as he said it means to welcome each other in such a way, in such a way that when, when people look at you, okay, when people look at you, when they look at me, okay, that you make God glorious. You see, you make him glorious. It's about bringing praise to him, recognition to them. So I think that's what for the glory of God means. You're welcoming each other. You're receiving people. You are accepting uh, your neighbor who is different from you in such a way when people watch it happen, they conclude one thing, and that is that God is glorious. That God is glorious when they see us welcoming each other. Now, who's your neighbor? Well, your neighbor is it's your family. It's your mom. It's your dad. It's your brother. It's your sister. It's, it's everybody. It also includes your church family, but it also includes literally your neighbor, neighbor across the street, the one that you haven't talked to anyway, so we'll discuss that later. Okay, it includes them. Now, let me share a story, give you an illustration on what it looks like when you welcome somebody and it does not bring glory. I was born in Monterrey, Mexico, okay, and was raised in the valley in, in Brown, Brownsville, Texas. And my mom, a believer in Christ, took all six burritos to church, okay. My, my dad, uh, was, uh, he didn't go to church, he wasn't saved that time. And she would always say, let's go to church, go to church, let's go, we're going to go to church. But she said, in the summer, there's going to be this white vans that are going to show up. The mission teams. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, the white, the white vans. They're going to, churches send, I don't know why, it's white vans, always. Send them to the valley, right? You, you've seen them, right? She says, when you see the white van, make sure you run to it. Because when you get in there, they're going to take you away and they're going to give me a break, but they're going to take you away. Okay, all six of y'all, and they're going to feed you and tell about Jesus. You're going to do crafts. It's going to be incredible. So go. I'll say, all right, so we're getting ready to go. But then she said, hey, hey, wait, wait. Don't 
go to the green van. That's immigration. <laughs> My mom was very wise, so that's why I'm here. Now, what's funny is that I actually was Mexican-American automatically because my mom was born in Hardingen. Went to Mexico, had me and my older brother, came back, America, you know. So I don't know what happened there, but here we are. Now, when we got to, to Brownsville, Texas, I was about 10 years old, okay, fifth grade. And, and uh, we moved in the north side of Houston, and we went to a church. In that church, we were welcomed by only one person. Can you imagine a single mom, because dad was not in the picture, he was in and out supporting us, but he didn't know Jesus, so he was not there. Six kids and only one church to say hi. How do you think that I, as a 10-year-old, saw that? I knew, as a 10-year-old, that that was not right. I didn't want to be there. And my mom did not take us back. It gets sadder because our house was literally right across the street. And we didn't get one visit. Not one visit. How could that happen? See, that right there is not welcoming for the glory of God. That was not glorious at all. It wasn't glorious for us, and it wasn't glorious for God did not bring glory to God. Now, let me share the rest of the story. As, as you know, Paul Harvey says, this is Northside Baptist Church. And this is the church. By the way, what about those clouds? Beautiful. This is the church, the second church we went to, not long after that. And it was at that church that we felt welcome. I mean, we're so welcome. I think God has a sense of humor because I told my mom, look, look, mom, there's a Hispanic person in church. There was only one, and he's in the choir. <laughs> well, come to find out he wasn't Hispanic. He was all white, but he had dyed his hair black. Uh, so God kind of uses the cushion. Hey, get comfortable. We're okay, we're going to work through this. Okay, we get it's okay. But they, they loved us. And the great thing, the awesome thing is that, let me fast forward to today, this morning. Right now, what has happened in Bethel. That man is the father, okay, of my mentor, Robert Hughes, that is right now preaching in my church for me, right now. Isn't God good? That's what God does. See, he, he puts everything in motion. He puts everything in plan. And see, see the welcoming of this church, how it makes God glorious? And, and, and it's doing it even now, even today. Pastor Louie was so kind. He saw my mom so faithfully going to the church Sunday after Sunday for a year, not knowing no English, but knew that if we could get Jesus, we could have it all. And she did that. She even the ladies loved her. She taught them how to make tortillas. Come on, man. it was just great. It was a beautiful, beautiful experience. And, and they loved on us. They loved us. They, they never allowed us to go to camp or anywhere, anywhere without covering the cost for us because we didn't have it. They would bring us even clothes, secondhand clothes. We thought it was new, man. We just give it to me, you know. And we loved it. Didn't fit, but we loved it. Now, that church really made it look, and it was seen as a welcoming church that looked glorious. That's where I got my calling. That's where I got my calling to be a student pastor and to go in ministry at that church. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Now, I got another picture I want to show you. This is a good picture of somebody welcoming you, my grandson, Ethan. Look at that. You're on the screen. Pastor Greg. 
uh, we visited your campus time to time, and he stopped us and said, yeah, let's get a picture. Man, he just, you see the joy in your pastor? If only that other church could have loved us. Sometimes God takes you to that to teach you that you don't become that. You don't become that. You become what the Bible says. You become a living testament to love God, love people, and serve people well. Your pastor exhibited the glory of God by embracing my grandson. Well, today that ripple effect of welcoming love has overflowed years into our life of ministry, not just through my grandson, but many others. And we should welcome each other always in such a way that people think that Christ is glorious. Christ is glorious. You know who the best people I love to welcome and say thank you? Are the people in the restaurants that cook. I'm a little daring, you know. I always go behind Denny's. I go in the kitchen. What are you doing? You can't? Yes, I can. I'm here to say thank you to the one that just cooked my food. They're the ones that cook. They don't get the thanks. You, you, you see what I'm saying? And, and you, you got you to acknowledge people. You got to see that. See, so that's what it's saying, to welcome another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. In other words, welcoming one another is the mark of a healthy spiritual family. And that's my prayer for your church and our church. Sometimes we're welcoming one another. It's difficult and, and demanding but it can be accomplished when we follow the guidance of Scripture in Romans chapter 14 and 15. And there's three things that, that you could grab out of there. There's a lot more, but I'm going to show you three things that you get out of that. It's first of all, control your attitudes and emotions with love. Control your attitudes and emotions with love. Secondly, edify, or that is build up everyone you can. You know, make them the main thing. Make them feel special. And then lastly, treasure people like Jesus did. And boy, did he do it well. In Matthew, we read that when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they were like what? Like sheep without a shepherd. And he knew that they needed a shepherd. Then he, and he started to look not at the outside, not at their history, not at their present. He started to look deep inside of what could they be if they just look at me? Because Jesus said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. You see the picture of love? Treasure people like Jesus did. When we are seen welcoming and accepting and receiving one another the way Christ did, what happens is that people will conclude that God is glorious because of what they have seen. Do you realize that sometimes we become the only Bible that people will ever read? They're reading our lives and they're reading to see if it matches up with what we say. So welcome others like Christ for the glory of God. Secondly, I want to give you this. Please others like Christ for the glory of God. Please others like Christ for the glory of God. So let's take you to back to verse 1 and 3. And the Bible says, we who are strong, we have an obligation to bear with the felons of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let us each of us please who? His neighbor. Everybody say neighbor. Please his neighbor for his good. It's not for your good. It is for his good and to build him up. For Christ, 
did not please himself. He did not please himself. He didn't make it about himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. Jesus empties himself by taking the form of a servant. I believe that servant is the highest call for the Christian believer. If you're not serving, you're in trouble. You should always be serving. Some of y'all have talked to you about it. When you enjoy serving, you should serve. You should serve. He emptied himself by taking the form of servant, being born in the likeness of men. He took our form. And if we're going to live a life that pleases others like Christ for the glory of God, we need to be clear about these two things, that it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. I went to a restaurant one time and, and Frenchie's. Oh, have you never been to Frenchie's? Great grease chicken, man. It's just great. Tastes good. It's just fantastic, okay? Well, that is special. It's like two for 99. So I walked in the restroom, in the restaurant and I said, all right, guys. I had my, my, a couple of my team with me. I said, guys, everybody here in the restaurant, it's on me. There's only two other people, and it was on sale. That, was, that made sense, okay? So we did that, and, and we had fun. We talked. So the other people left, but one guy stayed behind us. He was doing uh, dry cleaning. He didn't have enough money for food, and so he thanked me, and he ate with us, and, and we were just ministering to each other and loving us. He says, sir, can I have your name before you leave? Man, that's awesome what you did. I need to know your name. I never gave it to him because of this. I told him, sir, there's only one name I want you to ever remember, and it's Jesus. Jesus, because my name cannot do a lot for you, Okay? As a matter of fact, my name's under the list of the cartel. How many of you So watch it. So my name, you don't want my name. You don't want my name, okay? But, but the name of Jesus is the name that is above all names. And, and you know what? You need, you need to know that name. He goes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He don't know my name. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 says, Let each of you look not only on his own interests, but also on the interests of others. When are we going to stop? making it about us. Young people, if you could get it right now, if you could get it, you, it would just change your life. If you could make your life your mission to make it about pleasing others, make it about others. I'm going to give you a story. My neighbor called me uh, a week and a half ago, and she said, Pastor, would you uh, pray for my sister? Absolutely. No, no. Would you come to our home in spring? I'm in Northside, and, and she's dying. Sure, I'll be there tomorrow. No, no, no. I need you to come today, now. I said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Pray with them, understand that they're Catholic, but they needed somebody. And then I found out why. They said, because we're being charged for somebody to come and pray for. How could you do that? I said, look, I'm just here to pray and love on your family. They were moved so much that we pleased them like Christ did. They were available for them that they invited me to, to lead the, the funeral service, celebration of life of their sister. And to me, that is a platform because, see, funerals is not for those that are dead. They're for the ones that are alive. So allow me to share the gospel. Many came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior on that day because of that. Amen? Amen. You know why? Because we make it about pleasing others. So one of the ways that you welcome one another as Christ welcomed us is to make him glorious. See, that brings glory to God, amen? 
That brings glory to God. And, and that, that's what it's all about is that we, we, we do it in a self-denying. It's not about me. You deny yourself. Pleasing others like Christ did. I deny some of my preferences in order to accommodate you. See, you don't hear that. Everything's about accommodating us. But no, the right way and the spiritual way and the one that gives you peace is accommodating others, putting others first. So I can let you have your way, even if it isn't my way, because at the end of the day, I have Jesus. And when I have Jesus, I have it all. I have it all. And the way we make God look glorious is by pleasing others. It, 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 is, it is not just pleasing others as Christ did, but it's, it's also denying ourselves and dying for others. For what? I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet it is not me, it is Christ who lives in me. In other words, I know that, that he gets the glory and to be satisfied in the same God that I am is my aim. I want to be satisfied in, in God. I want to be satisfied. So it is coming from my satisfaction in the glory of God and it's leading to, watch this, their supreme satisfaction in the glory of God, in the glory of God. Paul defines what pleasing others means by setting down three qualifications in verses two and three. Number one, we please others by working toward the good of others. Working toward the good of others. Number two, working towards the edification of others, building up others. And three, pleasing others as Christ himself pleased man, as he pleased man. You go to the last verse. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It's a very precious verse where it says, may the God of hope fill you. This is an overfilling hope he's talking about. May he fill you with, with joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I may abound in hope. May abound in hope. Romans 12, verse 10 says, love one another. Love one another with brotherly affection. With brotherly affection. Watch this. Outdo one another in showing honor. What a problem we would have if all day long we're trying to make it about somebody else and outdoing them and showing them love. That is what is lacking in our homes. That is what is lacking in you young people and us adults. There is no love. There is faith and there is hope. And there is love. But the greatest of this is love. It is love. God is love. God is love. Close out with this. You'll never be able to accomplish this if you and I don't exercise and live Matthew 6, 33. You know the verse. Seek first the kingdom of God. Everything's about the Father. It's always been about the Father. Even Jesus says, I'm here to do my Father's business. Even Jesus spoke on the cross, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto you. You see, when you and I seek God first, I'm ourselves, where it's not about me anymore. We seek God first, and then all his righteousness 
And there's a promise that comes with that. He says, then, then all things will be added unto you. All things. What things? Man, your goals, your ambitions, you know, favoring your life in whatever you do in your occupation, your school, relationships, bringing your family back together, relationships, bringing your church together. See, all those things be added unto you because he wants to build you up. He wants to encourage you so that you could be that one that shows others how to welcome them to the glory of God. Welcome others like Christ. Please others like Christ. That is the aim for us, for the glory of God. So I challenge you to do this. I challenge you, church. Go live selflessly for the glory of God. Go do that. With all eyes open, let's pray. If you look this way, Heavenly Father, thank you for these souls that are here. Thank you for their lives, Lord. Father, I don't know where they're at in life right now. I don't know what challenges are in their lives right now. I don't know what struggles or anxieties or what their heart is troubled with, but I know, God, that you can do all things through Christ. And Father, thank you that you remind us, Lord, that we can be confident in this very one thing, that that which God begun a new work in our life, he will finish it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, for those that are believers, Lord, encourage them to finish. And if someone does not know you today, I pray that today will be the day that the glory of heaven will come in their soul. In the name of Jesus, we pray by faith. And the church said, amen. amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church. We invite you to worship with us at one of our four locations, at The Loop, Cypress, Downtown, or Siena. Follow us on social media or visit us online at houstonsfirst.org.